Terry, we're in the book of James. This whole book is giving us revelation on how we can be overcomers in this world. This is all leading to being able to control our tongue because now we understand where the attacks come from. We understand that we now have victory in our mind if we just stay focused on the Holy Spirit of God and speak forth only the things of God. Yes, those trials and temptations that come our way are not from God. They're from Satan. We give him an inroad and man, pretty soon we're saying the wrong things. And that's what we're talking about here in uh, chapter three of James, the power of the tongue. So let's go to verse two. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Wow. There's a lot right there, Terry. Sure is. That word perfect means mature. As you mature in your walk with Christ, if you can control your tongue, this is what makes you perfect. All this is leading up to where your mind is. If I'm meditating upon the things of the world, I speak forth the things of the world. If I'm meditating upon the things of God, I'm speaking forth the things of God. So this is what we're trying to perfect in our life. We speak what we meditate upon. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yes. It's just a process of maturing. It's all it is. Don't become discouraged because you're not perfect. That's a good point. We do not want to become discouraged because if you become discouraged, that's from Satan. That's right. This is what was meant by faith without works. Yes. Controlling your thoughts. Controlling your thoughts. Having your mind set on the things above. Because if you can control your thoughts, you can control your words. You know, I always like to use John 10, 10 as a, as a plumb line. Satan comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but Jesus came to give us life and life more abundantly. And as people have these thoughts come into their minds, if it's confusion or condemnation or doubt or discouragement or fear, those things are never from God. That's right. Never. Those are always from the dark side. Satan is trying to get an inroad into your life to distract you from that power of God that's now inside of you. And what are the good things, Terry? It's the three things we talk about so much. This mm-hmm. is the Holy Spirit that lives within us. He's there to give us edification, to build us up for exhortation. He's there to guide and direct, teach, instruct us, to advise us, to warn us, and to lead us into all truth for our spiritual growth. And then there's comfort to help us through this world we live in. This is how you can tell the difference between the two. This is how you can begin to control your tongue. And it starts within the mind. What are you focused on? That's it. Focus on the Word of God. Verse 2, I'll reread it again because it's going to lead right into verses 3, 4, and 5. For we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, comma, able also to bridle the whole body. Verse 3, indeed we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. They are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Man can control animals, and ships can be controlled by rudders. But now he goes into this. Verse 5, so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. 
our tongues, the words we say. A little spark can set a whole forest afire. It causes anarchy, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Confusion. Strife, envy, bitterness. But the way we're overcomers by being able to control our tongue is by bridling our thoughts, controlling our thoughts, controlling our minds, having faith in God. We say we have faith. Now, this is going to hit home. Because it's hitting home with me. We say we have faith, but do my works, what I communicate out of my mouth, reflect this? Do I bridle my tongue or do I speak forth what my flesh is telling me? Because a lot of times the things that come out of my mouth are not from the Holy Spirit of God. And we have to grow in discerning the difference between the two. The mind controls the body. What we meditate upon, what we think about, determines how the body is going to react. Yes. So again, if you're focusing on the things of the flesh, your flesh is going to react accordingly. If you're focused on the things of God, then your body's going to act accordingly. Jesus is the head of the church. He's the head of the body. If we focus on the head of the church, Christ, what's going to happen to our lives? Well, we're going to start to mature. We're going to walk in oneness with our Father, The words out of our mouths are going to be His words. That power, that invisible power that's in us is going to come forth. You know how many things we can control with our tongue? It's just phenomenal. You can hurt people with one word. You can meditate upon those thoughts. Right. And this is what causes fear. This is what causes discouragement. Yes. is what you're meditating upon determines what you're going to say. And how you react to trials and tribulations in your life. Out of the heart, the mouth speaks. You use the word head. Jesus is the head of the church. The power of the Holy Spirit, which is Jesus, is wanting to control our mind. Because he's the head now. If we allow this, if we submit to this guiding and direction, this is what we're wanting to grow into. is to be led by the power of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, what we speak, what comes forth out of our mouths will be of God. Verse 6, And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members, that it defiles the whole body. Just what we were talking about, Yes, the whole body. And sets on fire the course of nature. And it's set on fire by hell. Nature? Yes. Our words affect the physical realm about us. That's what it's saying here. Yes. Wow. The words that come out of our mouth affect everything here on the earth. You can bless or you can curse. I just keep thinking about all the times I used to say, oh, I washed the car, it's going to rain. <laughs> you know, was I cursing my clean car? Well, I, it was a thought pattern. It was a thought pattern. That's the point. How many times have you prayed for someone that wants to be healed And no sooner than you say this, that something comes out of their mouth that has doubt. There you go. And it cancels out anything positive that's been put in. Because your mind, and all it is, is your mind's dwelling upon that doubt. You believe for a moment, but then you have doubt. What happens, you begin to renew your mind to the Word of God. You begin to get some good stuff going in, but all of a sudden there's a word of doubt that comes out of your mouth and based on all those past experiences from that old life it overpowers that new thought that was planted in your brain so now you're back to 
square one. Yes. So unless you learn to control your tongue, first of all, control those thoughts and don't let those thoughts become words if they're negative. Boy, I'm guilty of this just like anybody else is. In, in so subtle a ways that, that we just need to be aware that we should be blessing and not cursing. Innocent ways. Yes. Just like we can go back to James chapter 2, talking about the rich man and the poor man. What goes on in your mind, and then you react to this. And you might have somebody standing by you, and you're saying, look at these guys. <laughs> this guy's over here dressed like a bum. Did you bless or curse there? Oh. See what I'm saying? Because your mind stepped out of the spirit realm, went into the flesh. You weren't led by the Holy Spirit of God. This is how this all operates. This is why it's so important to keep our thoughts captive. Learn to listen to the Holy Spirit of God, what he's telling you through the word and through prayer. And a lot of times we just need to keep our mouth closed, don't we? <laughs> That's for sure. If you have, you remember when we were children, we were told not to say anything unless it was good. Yes, that was good advice. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was affecting our nature. Yes. It truly was. It does affect your nature yeah, because what I say to you, Terry, goes into your brain. Verse 8. No man can tame the tongue. No man can tame the tongue. That means physically, Terry, in our fleshly state of mind, our worldly thinking, we cannot do it. It's telling us it's only through the power of the Holy Spirit that this can be That's exactly right. This used to condemn me. I'm never going to get over this stinking tongue. But I can't in my flesh. No. Not in the flesh. And that's what we're trying to do a lot of times, accomplish all this in our flesh. Do I have faith in what God's teaching me? Do I have faith and believe that I have the power and authority to speak only the things of God and I can control my thoughts. The Word tells us this, that we have this power and authority to control our tongue and our thoughts. Now, do I believe this? Am I going to stand on this? Am I going to mature in this? Yes. Grow in this. Because that goes back in verse 2. You're maturing in this process, but maturity comes about by you truly examining yourself recognizing thoughts that become words. That's what he's trying to explain to us in here in these next verses. Verse 8 says, It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison, but no man can tame the tongue. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9, With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude or likeness of, of God. God. Wow, that... Uh... Makes you want to stop and think every time you say something to your fellow man or about your fellow man because he's made in the likeness of God. What would you be saying to God in this situation? I'm reminded of John chapter 16, verse 13. This is the Holy Spirit of God. However, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. What I'm getting at, if we're listening to the Holy Spirit of God, He's going to tell us what to say. Exactly. And we have to learn to discern the Holy Spirit. Is it doing edification, exhortation, and comfort? If it's being critical, you know it's not from the Holy Spirit because He's only going to speak what the Father tells Him, and we know the characteristics of the Father. He's one of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, and kindness. Our thoughts and our words should reflect this when we speak. 
Therefore, we check ourselves before we speak. And if somebody says something to us, we're checking what they're saying to us. What's so amazing is once you begin to renew your mind to these things, you can do that in a split second, which took you about, I don't know how long to yes. say, but it becomes automatic. You don't stop and analyze every word because you're in tune with the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives you those words. Well, it goes back to Romans chapter 8, verse 16. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness to the Spirit. He's bearing witness. What's He bearing witness to? What is being spoken? What is being said? What's in your mind? The Spirit is going to bear witness to what's ever in, even in your mind, whether it's truth or a lie. The Holy Spirit is trying to tune you into your Heavenly Father. Yes. And if you're tuned in, you're going to speak forth the things of God. Right. The 10th verse. Out of the same mouth proceeded blessings and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water or bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. What's coming out of our mouths? Is it blessings or is it cursings? If it's cursing, it's coming from our, our old way of thinking, our old nature. Because the things of God are blessings, not cursings. The way we talk to people are through blessings, not cursings. Because God is love. And this is what James is trying to tell us. That we need to control our tongue. We need to control our thoughts in order to speak forth the things of God. Otherwise, we're going to continue to respond and react in our old way of thinking. And therefore, Terry, we're not able to overcome our trials and tribulations, because when we're faced with those, the test is, do I do it in my fleshly thinking, or do I do it in the Spirit? And if I do it in the flesh, I'm going to speak forth cursings. Well, we're renewing our mind to the Word of God, but all of that is designed to change our thinking. You know, thoughts are words. When you begin to formulate things in your head, those thoughts are actually words. Yes. And once those words come out, of your mouth, they're out there. You can't grab them back, you can you? You can't grab them back. They're gone. I mean, they settle in on somebody's brain. It affects them somehow, good or bad. That's invisible power. It is. This is that invisible power. Very good. Whoa. Terry, this is the invisible power that we now have within us. Before, we had just cursing power, didn't we? Yeah. Now we have blessing power. We have the Spirit of God living within us to bless. You can bless and you can curse. But once you change those thought patterns, you can change those words, and then they become blessings. You know, a word we did not mention the last few sessions was wisdom. In verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Do you recall in James chapter 1, verse 5? I'm right there. American Standard Version says, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. It says, ask. The definition for wisdom is understanding God's will and understanding who God is. He's going to give us wisdom if we seek him for wisdom. Because what it's saying here in James chapter 3, verse 13, and what we've been talking about is controlling our words. If we listen to God's wisdom, 
the Holy Spirit of God that lives within us, He will give us the words to say. If we don't, we're going to speak forth things that are that are not of God. Because it goes right back to John 16, 13. Yes. The Holy Spirit is going to guide you. He's going to direct you into all truth. He's only going to speak forth the things he hears from God. And the Holy Spirit lives within us. So therefore, we have the capacity and the ability now to speak forth the things of God only. And James is telling us there's two options here. You either bless or you curse. He's trying to get us to stop the cursing and let the blessings flow. In 1 Kings chapter 3, starting with the 11th verse, this is a definition of wisdom. Solomon? Oh, sure. This gives us a real clear definition of wisdom. 1 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, Then God said to him, Because you have asked these things and have not asked life for yourself, nor have asked riches for yourself, nor have asked the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Behold, I have done according to your words, the words you spoke forth. So I have given you wise and understanding heart, which means mind. He's giving Solomon this wisdom, this understanding. And it wasn't for self, it was for others, because he wanted to rule the kingdom. He was called to rule the kingdom. But he was humble, realizing all he had was human wisdom. He didn't have wisdom from God. And he wanted this. He didn't want wealth. He didn't want anything other than to have this wisdom, this understanding. And this is what we're to be striving for. Terry, this leads right back into James chapter 3, talking about the tongue. If we are being directed by the Holy Spirit of God with his wisdom, we will speak forth the things of God. Solomon wanted to lead that kingdom in a godly way. He humbled himself. Received wisdom from God. He granted him what he asked for. Didn't you read over in James chapter 1? Ask. Ask. And you'll receive. This is what we're to ask for. Ask for wisdom. Speak forth those things. Ask wisdom. And it will be given to you. We can activate so many things by our words. Asking God for wisdom. Believing that he has it all for us and ready to pour out for us, but we activate it by our words. Yes. My goodness. Because your words were thoughts first, right? Yes. Solomon was meditating upon wanting to receive wisdom because he knew he didn't have it through the fleshly realm, through his carnal thinking, his, his old way of thinking. He didn't have this, but he received wisdom from God because he asked we're greater than Solomon now. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit abiding in us yes. all the time. That's what's within us. So we can ask anything. This is the assurance we now have. We can ask anything according to God's will, just like Solomon did, and he received it. He received what he asked for. He spoke forth the truth, the blessings, not a cursing. He spoke forth blessing. And we are to do the same now, is to speak forth blessings, and when those bad thoughts come into our minds of the flesh, keep our mouths shut and not say anything. That's what we need to grow into. Renew our mind to God's will. We're back into spiritual warfare, that battle in the mind. Yes. You know, that kicking out the negative thought, knowing that we're on the upper ground, we're fighting from a position of strength. We have the authority now to speak to those situations 
and circumstances in our lives. We can control our thoughts by the Spirit of God. What we're going to see revealed to us in James chapter 3, verses 14 through 18, true wisdom, where it comes from. We're going to see the wisdom of the world, and we're going to see the wisdom from God. Praise the Lord. Let, let me read verse 13 again, because it's going to introduce again what we're going to talk about. Who is wise and understanding among you? That's a question. Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking, which is selfish ambition, in your hearts, which is in your minds, what's within you, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 15. This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Wow. This wisdom is of the world. So what comes out of your mouth determines where you're receiving wisdom. Written in my Bible, I have in bold letters warning signs. <laughs> it says in verse 16, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder and every evil thing. Self-seeking, selfish ambition of the heart. What we have to do, we have to be honest with ourselves. We do not want to lie against the truth. If I have this in my mind, I need to discern this and say, no, this is not of God. Otherwise, I'm going to speak for things that aren't of God, that will not be blessings, that will curse people. Terry, I think this is what is meant by we'll give account for every word we say. Wow. But also, we have blessing by every word we say as well. This is what's meant by what you sow is what you're going to reap. So if you're having problems in your marriage, if you're having problems at work, what's coming out of your mouth? If there are things not of God, if they're anger, bitter, strife, and envy, all those things we just read, we know it's not of God, but you're going to reap by what you say to individuals. And that's the absolute truth. What you sow is what you reap. What comes out of your mouth is what you're going to reap. But then what we do, and this is a lie from Satan, is saying, God put this temptation and trial in front of me. Look what you've done. Now, does that sound like it comes from the Garden of Eden? <laughs> the same words? Yep. Man's been saying this throughout the entire Bible, been blaming God for the trials and tribulations. It's this woman you gave me. That's yes. what comes to mind. <laughs> you know, Adam was passing the buck, and the whole time it was... It was what was in their mind. Yes. They allowed it to conceive, brought forth sin, just like we read over here in James chapter 1, verses 14, 15, and 16. But now we're being taught the truth. We begin to see that we can reverse this trend because of the new life that's in us. Yes. But... This is important to understand. This is our biggest spiritual battle right here, the tongue. And we have to learn to control it, to grow in God's wisdom in order to have victory. Because, Terry, if we keep speaking forth things that are going to damage our lives, then we will have these trials. We will have these tribulations that we've caused by what we've been saying. Absolutely. Verse 14, do not boast and lie against the truth. If you examine yourself truly... You'll say, I caused the problem. I caused this circumstance. It's not from God. It's me. I reverted back to my fallen nature. I allowed Satan into my life 
that caused these thoughts, and then I spoke those thoughts, and now I'm reaping what I'm sowing, but now I'm crying out to God. You know what's wonderful, though? God is long-suffering and patient, and He'll advise us. That's exhortation. He'll advise us out of this situation because He loves us, and we never want to forget this, that He loves us and wants to guide and direct our lives. That's why He leads us into this verse 17. Yes. He reassures us. Let me read from my New King James. Go ahead. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, willingness to yield. Willingness to yield. That's good. And then we have full of mercy and good fruits. And you remember chapter 2 of James? Without partiality. Yeah. <laughs> Do you see what he's, James is doing here? He's tying this all together. Painting this awesome picture, isn't he? And without hypocrisy. Mm. Now the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. We have power and authority over our words because we can bless people. We can curse people. We can be at peace. We have all this power that lives within us. We just need to be honest with ourselves and and begin to recognize who is leading me. What wisdom is leading me? Because we see the two different wisdoms. And it's so obvious, but the only way you're going to have victory in your circumstances of life is to change, is to be honest and say, this wisdom's not of God, and what I'm saying is not of God. He explains this, how to recognize it too in these scriptures, you know, if it's jealousy and envy, yes. it's, it's, that's not of God, that's not God's kind of wisdom. But now he, in, in verse 18, he tells us what that wisdom is. It's from above, these things that are pure peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits. That's walking in the Spirit. Yes. Terry, this is how Jesus did it. This is how Jesus was able to go to the cross, to go through His trial, to go through the temptation in His mind, was realizing the wisdom that He had, the understanding of who God is in His life. He was able to endure to the end. And Terry, this is... What the Lord wants for us is to yield to endure to the end.